Hello and welcome to episode 268 of Ferg on the Freak. I'm that bloke from Rugby League Project, Andrew Ferguson. You can find me on Twitter at AndrewRLP. Joining me as always is the glorious League Freak, who you can also find on Twitter at League Freak. How you going there, mate? I'm going very well. How are you, Andrew? I'll say this. Mm-hmm. I've got smooth nuts. You know what? It's funny. I do as well. You know, and it's all thanks to manscaped.com. And if you go to manscaped.com and you buy anything off the website, you put in our exclusive code, which is NRL, get 20% off and free shipping. You get a 30-day money-back guarantee. I recommend getting the Lawnmower 3.0. It's got their patented skin-safe technology. It's got a lithium-ion rechargeable battery. It's got a nice little charger like a holder that you put it on. It's waterproof. It's got a light. It's got an adjustable guard. You get a couple of different lengths in there. Um, It's fantastic. And I recommend it to everyone. You want to keep yourself feeling good and stuff, you go to manscaped.com, get yourself some stuff. I also like the microfiber uh, boxer shorts they've got. They're fantastic. They are very, very comfortable. Yeah, yeah. I wish they just had microfiber everything. They should have an entire wardrobe range for people. I'd I'd wear it. I'd wear it. Have you worn your? Because you get a when you get the perfect package three point oh, you get a t shirt that says yeah. Manscaped in it. Um, I've worn mine. Yeah, I must admit I'm not a huge t shirt fan. So I usually when I get them, I wear them to bed. Yeah, that that thing is like just wearing silky smooth pillows to bed. It's so soft and man, I love it. It really is. I uh, I've worn mine out. And uh, I felt good about myself because everyone knew my balls were ready to rock. So they need to have a shirt that just has an arrow pointing down and yeah. above it, they've just got the text saying smooth nuts. That that would be fantastic, hey? That's all they need. Yeah. There would be a problem, though, because you'd have obviously a lot of people wanting to inspect them. That's true. That's true. What else could you put on a manscape? And let's be honest, you're a busy man. You probably don't have time to do that. I know you'd be... You're also a man of the people, so you'd feel obliged to help them in that area. But, you know, there's only so much one person can do. Yeah, I try my best. You yeah. Know, I, I try. Like, like I've I've done my work. I've put in the groundwork. I don't even know what that means. But if they come out with a T-shirt, they should come out with a T-shirt. On the, on the front, it says smooth balls. A bit across the back on the shoulders when you're leaving. Like... It should say something like, feel the softness on your chin. <laughs> uh, that has to be a product. <laughs> it should be. It should be. Anyway, go to manscaped.com, put in the code NRL, and do something for yourself. Absolutely. Um, so let's get into this. It's been a busy week. It has. I believe you did something. Yeah, I've been working on something for the last... I don't know how many weeks it's, they've all sort of meshed together. I heard that you threw it together this afternoon. <laughs> <laughs> the final bits, yes. Um, so since uh, since no, well, late October, November-ish, mm-hmm. I started, I come up with this idea uh, of creating the first ever Rugby League Project uh, online digital annual book mm-hmm. sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was, it was a, it had two purposes. The first one was obviously going to be review the season, not just in the NRL, but the Super League as well. Um, and also to promote as many independent rugby league 
content creators I could find who were prominent on Twitter, I guess, mm-hmm. is the way I look mm-hmm. at it, um, and try and help them get a platform. Because the way I look at it, and I know you do too, is the the more we can all work together to help each other out as independents, mm-hmm. the more we all benefit from it. Yep. So that was kind of the idea behind it. And obviously, Rugby League Project's got a pretty good following, so I figured I could use that to try and help out as many people as possible. Um, it's a pretty cool thing. I initially set it out for it to be about 80 pages, so it wasn't going to be big. Mm-hmm. It ended up being almost 120. Um, but it's full of great content, lot of, lots of great articles, um, analysis, opinion, um, you know, anything and everything in between. Club reviews. Mm. For every NRL and Super League team. Yep. Every single women's rugby league, NRL women's player is in there. Mm -hmm. And every single game and full details of every single NRLW game is in there. Um, The first full completed list asterisk at this stage of every full international ever played is in there, as well as records. Mm -hmm. Um, So, yeah, it's, it's pretty comprehensive while also being pretty concise at the same time. Um, so, yeah, pretty pretty stoked with that. Yeah, it's awesome. And, like, uh, I, I got to see a couple of different preview versions. It was a fantastic-looking um, annual. And so anybody that wants to pick it up, what's the way that they get their hands on a copy? Simply just go to rugbyproject.org. It's on the home page. Excellent. You just click on the home page. Mm-hmm. Um Hopefully, uh, everyone likes it and they, they feel inspired, I'd put it, to go to our Patreon page at uh, uh, patreon.com slash project, and they um, decide to make a few donations there or, you know, one donation per month. Mm-hmm. Pretty much as easy as that um, because this is not intended to be a one-off. No, uh, we're no. already, already planning to make a much more in-depth and thorough one for next year and every year after that. Mm-hmm. So... The only way that happens is by people to support us financially because it wasn't free to put together. Mm-hmm. So if people can help out there, that'd be fantastic. Um, yeah, that's pretty much it. It's, it's it's something I've always wanted to do. Mm-hmm. Now I've done it. I need to keep doing it. <laughs> yeah, and it's uh yeah, I'd say, say to everyone, start collecting them. It'll be fantastic because mm. like it, it's a really good publication. Lots of great articles in it too. Um, and yeah, get your hands on it. Bloody oath. So, um, aside from that, mm-hmm. been a big week in footy. Well, it's been pretty quiet. <laughs> <laughs> the uh, Josh Mansour made the move to the South Sydney Rabbitohs from the yeah. Penrith Panthers. Isn't that, isn't that amazing? A few players. Everyone was talking about how he was destined to go to the West Tigers. Yeah. And my first thought was. He's been linked so heavily to the West Tigers, it just can't happen. <laughs> it, yeah. But it, the West Tigers don't... Way. Yeah, the Tigers don't sign players they're linked to. They sign the players no one's expecting. Yeah, they sign the players that you're like, oh, he played for that club? Oh, and yeah. now the West Tigers have got him? So, I mean, a classic one was uh, was it Joe Offerhangawi. Yeah, yeah. Look, no one knew we were talking to him, and all of a sudden he signed with us. That's how we do shit. Yeah, it's uh, the Tigers' way. It it's it's pretty good signing for Souths. It, like when he's on form, he's a very good winger. He gets through a lot of work. He can uh, make some stuff happen. I think it's a good move for Penrith to look for 
their future. They had so many outside backs that somebody had to miss out. Turns yeah. out it was Mansour. He you would have been. Craziest, I was going to say, you know what the crazy thing is now with the Penrith roster? Yeah. I don't. They've only got one player there who's 30. Yeah, and that worries me a little bit. That's Dean Farrow, and he has only just turned 30. He's their oldest player. Yeah, and, and look, I, we talked about it, that you need different levels with their team in terms of how, how old they've that you're playing by the players are. Um, I think it's a little bit different because a lot of the Panthers players have played together before. Um, and so that they've been together longer than their first grade careers, but it does concern me a little bit. They've lost some good players. Um, you know, I, I don't know if it affects how I rate them going into next year yet, but it's, it's going to have an effect on their team. That's for sure. And, you know, I guess we'll find out. I think it depends if they, if the team steps up and gets better from what they did last year. And I don't really mean in terms of like winning the minor premiership and all that. I just mean of the individuals more than anything. If they all, you know, take that step forward in their career, I think they'll be all right. But it, it does concern me a little bit. Yeah, I think the the main thing is that you you touched on there was the fact that they have played so much footy together prior mm. to the NRL. Yeah, it does it does serve to, um, you know, dissipate some of that concern about them being very young, mm-hmm. especially when you consider that someone like um, Nathan Cleary is twenty two, mm. but you know he's going into his fifth season. And he's had yeah. three three of those seasons as an Origin player already. You know, it's that's that's experience already, and he's still so bloody young. And quite a few players are going to be like, I mean, by the time Crichton gets there, he's going to have played four seasons as well. Yeah, and like also the grand final, you know. Yeah. And I think it was a it was one of those sort. It was the sort of grand final where I think they will like. It wasn't devastating to lose. It wasn't like that was their shot and they lost it. You kind of got the feeling of like uh, they were going to learn from it. And it was one of the, it was a grand final where, man, there were a lot of lessons to be learned from that game. And so, yeah, it's it's funny that way. And then on top of that, you throw in the fact that like this time last year, we weren't really thinking of Stephen Crichton and look at the season he put on. Like, you don't know if Penrith's going to pull someone out of, you know, the reserves or their juniors or something that's going to be like a test player all of a sudden out of nowhere. So there is that to factor in. But, yeah, it's it's going to make for an interesting season for the Panthers because there's, in a weird way, there's no one there to hold their hand. It's up to them. And so, yeah, we'll find out. That's why they play the games. Yeah, and also, I think this week too, they also picked up Scott Sorensen from um, Cronulla. Yeah. He's a very good ball running, um, you know, depth back rower as well, which is going to be very handy for him. Yeah, Um, you know what's interesting? There was an article a couple of weeks ago where the New Zealand Warriors said that going into this year, a lot of their forwards had bulked up. And they were looking to get back to when they're at their best. And, you know, they had a list of players that had put on how many kilos and whatever. And I'm thinking to myself, like, under the current rules, you you want the most mobile pack you can have. And I think yeah. Penrith really, last year, the way that their pack was put together, 
the new rules just happen to play into their hands a little bit. And I think that they, they've maybe looked at that and they've said, well, look, we can get by with back, more strength in the back row. Um, and, like, I don't know what the New Zealand Warriors are thinking. Put no idea. Like I mean, that. that's stupid. I, I look at that Panthers pack and think that, you know, they've got someone like James Fisher-Harris and Matt Eisen, who's there now, along with um, Kickout, mm. who are the... They're going to make good meters uh, in the middle of the field. Mm-hmm. Solid defenders as well. Um, and you've got uh, Yeo. He's just he's a rock solid defender and yep. a good line runner. And you throw in the likes of Liam Martin, and then you got Sorensen, Kurt Capewell, you know even Leota. You just think that's such a mobile pack, mm-hmm. and they will make meters. And not only will they make meters, they've got nearly all of them have got good ball skills. Yeah, and like I mean, the most when it comes to lateral movement, like it, and it sounds crazy, but Kikau might be one of the least lateral, you know, forwards that they've got, and he's really, really athletic. And yeah, I think that they've definitely put together a pack that is set for this sort of football. Um, but you know, it's it, it will we'll find out. I. Like and I think it shows last year when you, it, like with Ted Ivano and, and uh, what's his name? Man, I forgot his name already. Uh, He's your Tamo. Cat. Tamo, yeah. yeah. Um, it shows how good that pack was last year, where they probably had like a one and a half first grade teams worth of forwards that they could yeah. go through, and that's why they had such a good season because you got like a one hundred percent pack. Didn't matter who was on the field. Didn't matter who was injured. They always had a, a really, really good pack and a really good rotation off their bench. That's right. They've got really good um, edge depth Yeah, on the edges of the rock, which is fantastic for them. I think we're going to see them attacking out there, and that's good because that's where Cleary likes to play as well, uh, and Luai too. So I wouldn't be surprised if that's, you know, they sit to the sides of the ruck and move left or right from there, um, especially when you've got Brian... To, oh, and uh, Charlie Staines on the on the uh, wings to as your targets. Well, like if Staines gets wide? if Staines gets a full season in, he's going to score 115 tries. So yeah, yeah. It, it's going to be a good year for him. Yeah, and the and the uh, the Panthers as well. He's unbelievable. He's averaging what three three tries a game? Is that his average? I th- yeah, I think it is three tries a game. Hey, might yeah, it be a bit more, like three point something? No, yeah. So he's, he's, he's set for a good year. They should just give us the title now, hey? Well, yeah. Well, let's not get too hasty. Where are the West Tigers? Yeah, Carl, you can have it. <laughs> you <laughs> know what? I feel like maybe I should be like a uh, a real prick about this season as opposed to every other season where I, I just, like, condemn everyone. <laughs> <laughs> you don't like that idea? Uh, I think that would be fantastic. <laughs> now, while we're still talking about our teams... Yes. I want to direct your attention to an article by um, by James Hooper. Oh, shit. James Hooper. Okay. The war. Okay. Yeah. The war between West Tigers and Penrith. <laughs> <laughs> All right. There's a war. 
Is it the Cold War? <laughs> we're, we're already laughing. We're only six words, six or seven words into it. Yeah. It has a new chapter. Oh, what's the new chapter? Oh, I want to know what the first chapters were. Yeah, that'd be handy. <laughs> the Joint Venture Club discussing making a major play to sign off-contract young gun Stephen Crichton for 2022. Okay. That's it. That's the war being escalated. Oh, okay. Shots across the bow. Well, look, any time any time that you can uh, bring in fucking Jimmy the Jet and then immediately put his place under fucking threat. It's Breen, isn't it? you got to do it. Oh, oh here, hang on. He's given us the uh, the first chapters. Ever since Panthers coach Ivan Cleary walked out in the final two years of his Tigers contract and doubled down by blowing kisses at a fan last season, relations between the two clubs have been about as cordial as the Australian and Indian cricket teams this summer. Ah. Oh. I'll, I'll tell you who's who's having that. He, he feels that there's a war between the two clubs. Mm-hmm. It's the one person who's still fucking salty about Ivan Cleary leaving, and that's James <laughs> Hooper. You say that like he brings it up in every second article that he writes. No, only only every second article he writes about either Penrith or the West Tigers. Ah, uh, okay, okay. And that's all he really writes about these this you know these days. He's only a blogger. Have have we ever seen though a guy in the mainstream so salty about something that happens all the time? Ah, uh, let me think. I feel like we've had some. Hey, I feel like Phil Gould would have been salty about something. Yeah, I mean Phil Gould's old and he's got a little bit of senility going on. That's kind yeah. of expected. You know, you he, get the shits at fucking bread not being toasted properly every morning. I put the thing on two and a half, and it always bloody comes up either too dark or too white. I want it in the middle, working a good toast. Bitch, you moan about that for fucking weeks. Don't give him any ideas, because we'll have to hear that in fucking commentary. He'll start talking about why people don't eat the crust or some bullshit for five minutes. (laughs) Why not? Um, Hooper, he doesn't have that as a fallback reason, because he's never played the game. So you can't blame head knocks like Phil Gould can. I mean, Phil Gould did play. He's a very good player. Um, Hooper just, I mean, the biggest knock he ever took was when he fell off a car hood. You know? So I I, I don't get the, the drama why he's so been out of shape over this. Just, I mean, players and coaches leave clubs, James. Get over it and fucking grow up. Yeah. Seriously, yeah. I'm sick of reading about this so-called fucking war. Uh, it's most weird, fans cause... were over it after fucking six months, not fucking years later. It reminds me a little bit about the gigantic, like, death rivalry that Penrith has with Parramatta that I've never felt either. That's <laughs> oh, because they both start with the letter P. <laughs> like, oh, they're, they're fucking in Western Sydney. They must hate each other. It's like... No, Parramatta's fine. You know, we've never really, we've never faced off in a a giant game that really, like not a grand final or anything like that, a game that really matters. I think it's the same way with the West Tigers. Have have our teams, I can't think of our teams ever really facing off in in a big match. The Tigers don't have a rival with anyone except themselves. Yeah, that's a good point. Balmain versus West. That's the only rivalry they have. 
That yeah, you know what? That's a really good point. That rivalry is way bigger than West Tigers versus Penrith. Yeah, you know what? That rivalry didn't even escalate until the club merged. Yeah, that's true. That's true. It never existed until they merged. That was the closest that got to being a big game was it to be the fucking ABC game at three o'clock on a Saturday. That's it. <laughs> Is it like ever look at Warren Boland live from Campbelltown Stadium? I oh, see Boland would have talked up because I think he played for both sides. Ah, oh, there you go. See, but the thing is, if you look through the history of the two clubs, only once I think did they actually meet in a grand final, and that was in the forties. Their their runs of success never aligned. Yeah, it's, it's crazy. Like, like you think of say the Melbourne Storm and. Uh, the the Cronulla Sharks like they fucking hate each other's guts even yeah. though the Sharks are almost a completely different team now there's still I mean we watched a game like last year where like you could tell they didn't like each other still there's yeah. some teams like that and <clears throat> Penrith versus West Tigers it's it's not one of those games no no so here, here's where you get an impression as to how this story comes about because it, mm. This isn't about Hooper talking to anyone at the West Tigers because that's journalism and he's not one of those people. No, he's just a blogger. Yeah. So what he's done is he's had an idea. I know how I can make this seem legitimate and he brings out his idea as to how this would work. So he says, here's where it gets interesting. The Panthers have heard the Tigers intend to make Crichton an offer to play fullback. What the fuck? He says, so where does this leave Dane Laurie? Because the Tigers have signed him for next year. Yeah. He says, apparently the Tigers' plan is Laurie goes to 5'8", Adam Dewey goes into the centres, and Crichton becomes fullback. So they're going to sign. Okay. So, this, the, so this, in, that's his idea. He said, right, this is how it's going to work. So they're going to sign one of the best young centres in the game to play fullback, mm-hmm. To and then they're going to move their basically their fullback from last year. They're going to yeah. move into the centres because they right. need someone to play centre. That's right. And the fullback that they signed for next year, they're going to... Play with 5-8. Wow. Now, this is, this is where he does a Paul Crawley. Okay. The reality is, Panthers junior Crichton is probably a snowflake's chance in hell to want to leave his mates and his junior club out west. And that line there is him doubling down and saying, right, I'm having my cake and I'm eating it too. Yeah, yeah. What he doesn't realise is that line there also means that this entire article is a waste of time. It's pointless, yeah. Utterly pointless. It's like, it'd be like, uh, you know, saying, uh, like he's literally said this, oh, this is going to happen and stuff, but chances are it will not happen. It's like, what one is it? It's it's just not going to happen. Yeah. Well, like, he had such a good year. He's young enough that it doesn't have to be his payday, his massive payday. And the Panthers have cleared the decks over the last, just even six months. They've lost a lot of players. Now, some of that will go into the players that they've upgraded contracts and things like that. But, you know, they're going to have money to spend. And I would suggest that Crichton's at the fucking top of the list. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. It's, and you know, people are going to say, you know, if, if this story is a waste of time, why talk about it? And the reason why I want to talk about it is because I want people to see for themselves how this stupid system works mm. and understand when to read something that's legitimately journalism 
and when to come across something that is legitimately an idiot talking shit out his ass to try and justify the income and the salary he gets because he doesn't deserve it. And that's what, that's what this clown does. Yeah. And it'd be different if it was a case of like, I, this is what I think the West Tigers should do. You know, I don't mind things like that. I like that's, different. That's fine. Yeah. That's but an opinion. That's like, fine. This is going to happen, but it's not going to happen. It's, it's, yeah. really it's just a waste of time. Yeah. Um, Oh, anyway, Kyle Flanagan was wondering what the hell was going on when he left the Roosters. I mean, we've already had that story before, but they've decided to write it again in a different twist. Who cares? You know, yeah, you had a new dad, club now, mate. Move on. Yeah, his dad was whinging, which is uh, all he does. Yeah. Well, you asked a good question um, off uh, off air, mm. and that was, what's Shane Flanagan doing now? Yeah, I just have no idea. You know, I reckon they might actually have him... Um, I wouldn't be surprised if he's doing a bit of work with the Australian government, helping to yeah. administer the uh, the new COVID vaccine. <laughs> oh, fucking, how fucking dare you? Oh, Jesus. <laughs> That's brilliant. I wish I'd thought of that. <laughs> That's brilliant. Yeah. <laughs> you need experienced people in these roles. Yeah, you do. He's Fuck. good with emails. That's brilliant. Yeah, he'd be good with the contact contract. Uh, Tracy. Yeah. Contact Tracy, he's an absolute king at. Yeah. So he'd be fantastic. Um, <laughs> wow. <laughs> Hooper's come out with another story here about um, Chad Townsend. He's already looking at his uh, his career uh, post-football. That's yeah, well, is it media? No, he's, he's he's got his own beer line. Oh, does he? Yeah, he's called a Cronulla beer. Cronulla beer. Yeah. Um, so it's there's a picture of the article where Chad's he's got a high vis vest on, mm-hmm. he's handling a box, mm-hmm. and I'm just hoping he doesn't drop it. <laughs> I, I, it's, it, doesn't, uh, it doesn't look like he's got a good grip on that thing. Um, that's what Chad, she said. Grab it at the bottom, Chad. You need to get the meat in your hands. <laughs> then hold that flimsy on the top shit. We've seen how you handle football, mate. It's not like that. Get your hands on the proper yard. Hold it properly, man. Why is everyone <laughs> making beers all of a sudden, by the way? Like, what's this craft beer bullshit? Like, I don't, I, I don't understand it. And, like, why is it that 85% of the people that have craft beer are fucking so worried about that? what their beard looks like? Well, there's that. There's also everyone who has craft beer tends to have this instant urge after drinking it mm-hmm. to share to the world that they drank it. Yeah. It's kind of like, um, I don't know, it seems a bit like a, a weird version of who dares wins. You know what it's like? Good luck. Good luck seeing a, a female over the age of 40 on Twitter that can have a glass of fucking wine and keep it to herself. <laughs> yeah. Now it's, now it's 20-year-old men doing it with craft beer. Exactly. There's something about a dude that looks after their beard, their facial hair. Your facial hair grows or you shave it. There's no in between. No. It's it's really odd. Mm. Um but so is Cronulla beer. I like what makes it Cronulla beer? That it's made in Cronulla? I bet it's not even made in Cronulla. Uh, it probably is. I mean that's where Chad's lives, that's where he's from. 
But does he make it in his own backyard, does he? I, I, I feel that's a uh, a garden path being... <laughs> oh man i'm 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 not gonna walk down there i i look feel free to take that stroll on your own behalf yeah <laughs> i'm not going down that path <laughs> yeah I, I don't want to either no, <laughs> it's, we'll it. it's too rife with fucking <laughs> uh, yeah let's just move on what's next what else New, is um apparently Israel Folau is tipped for a shock return to Rugby Union. Yeah, I saw that. He's going to play in the French Rugby Union competition. Um, I thought he was under contract for another year with the Catalan Dragons, but like, if I can't be angry about it because I'm looking at Super League right now, and I don't know if they're going to go ahead. And it, like in France, it's a bit different. There's a, a you know the French kind of don't give a shit about most things, so I could see where they would go ahead with their competitions. And, you know, if he wants to go and play rugby union, it's kind of funny, though, because it shows that all of that, the noise surrounding Israel Folau, it just was a lot of noise for nothing. Like, his career continued, and, you know, he's, it'll, if he goes to rugby union, it'll be in another sport. Like, he just hasn't had any problems. You know what it showed is yeah. that a rugby league team in France... Mm-hmm knew how to handle Israel Folau better than the Australian Rugby Union did. Yeah, yeah. And it, it did, it cost them, they, they did absolutely zero management of him. They just said, we'll sign you, we'll give you, you know, a decent pound of money, mm-hmm. and all we ask is that you don't say stupid shit on Twitter. And he's gone, yeah. okay, no worries, signs a deal, and been drama-free. Play yeah, good footy. Exactly. And Simple. The, the thing is, too, like... <clears throat> The NRL clubs, and the NRL wouldn't let the club sign him and because they were worried about it. And yeah. it turned out to not be something to worry about. Um, I, I wonder if, I wonder if the, because for us to hear the news that he's going to sign for a rugby union club over there, I wonder if it was to see if there was any interest from Australia. And it didn't seem like any NRL clubs Guarantee put the public because... feelers out. I guarantee it's because French Rugby Union has so much money in it. He's probably just done it because the amount of money they've offered him is something that Catalan can't can't match, not even get close to. Yeah. And so he probably saw playing at Catalan as a step in the right direction to get back on a big paycheck um, and do it in France. Yeah, that's a good point. And so that's what he's done. And yeah, best he's roughly would be, what, about 32? Yeah, he's around there. Yeah, the, so he ha- hasn't got much more career left in him the interesting thing is about this article is that they've got two pictures and they're both identical in it oh really <laughs> great work that <laughs> <laughs> well it is the uh summer crew that's right um back to more local news west tigers have signed david naluma enough uh, for another four years yeah and it's uh it's good. I like to see players stay at a club. What do you think of the signing for your club, re-signing for your club? Yeah, I think it's perfectly fine from memory or from what I've heard anyway. He's uh, he's not got a huge contract upgrade, so he's on a little bit more than what he used to be. Yeah. Um, he's a winger, so, you know, I don't think... A lot of people are saying, you know, he's going to be into his 30s when the contract ends, but you know what? He's on the wing. 
yeah. if a winger if a winger can't stay healthy into their thirties, and there's something wrong with them, he's he's never really had a history of injuries anyway. Um, a damn good finisher, a very good kick returner. Why not have him in the team? Not undersized, not oversized, ah. not a prop playing on the wing, not injury prone, not a guy that probably should be doing your taxes instead of playing football, like just an actual winger. So I'm glad that they've kept him. Yeah, and, you know, he he did play a little bit of fullback as a junior. So if they ever needed him at, at, at the back, mm. um, he can play there at a stretch. Wouldn't yeah. be too much of a drama. Um, <clears throat> pretty solid signing. I've had no real issue with the, the players the Tigers have signed because a lot of them have been not for overs. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I'm fine with that. I think it would be... Um, it just makes sense to me. He's not old. He's not going to be that old when it ends. So, mm-hmm. at the same time, the Tigers have pretty much cleaned out most of the the players on the on the big money at the club. There's only really Moses and By left, um, and Russell Packer, I guess. Yeah. And when those two contracts end, they're still going to have yeah they're going to have a whole heap of money left over there still. Um, so they're still going to be able to go and make signings. Yeah. And I dare say they're going to focus that attention on on buying a half, not on buying Stephen Crichton. Why would they need a half though? Like you just you just get rid of halves and then wait until well about February, March, and then surely pick someone up. Surely there's something on the market. <laughs> Speaking of Tigers, I was apparently Benji Marshall's been linked to the Roosters. Oh really? He'd be he'd be a good signing for the Roosters. Add depth to him. Yeah, um, I, I think I like that it? signing. Danny Weidler might have broke that one. I can't remember. But as I said, he's, he was going to go to the Roosters for 150 grand a year, which, I mean, if you're getting Benji Marsh for 150 grand a year, you're getting a fucking good deal. Yeah, it's a bargain. It's a bargain. So. Um, he needs to go to a team like that too. He needs to be a finishing. Yeah. I wonder, I wonder if he would go. If I'm Parramatta, I'd get Benji Marshall. Yeah. It wouldn't That's, hurt them. Wouldn't it? Although the problem with that is, I think Mitch Moses's nose would get out of joint. Possibly, probably why, it's probably why it didn't happen. Possibly, yeah. I wonder why Newcastle hasn't looked at him too. That's a much bigger question. Yeah, because him alongside Pierce, he'd be a perfect player alongside mm. Pierce. And then uh, Ponga at fullback, damn! That all of a sudden, that's like a pretty scary team. The thing about that is it allows Pierce to not have to worry about doing so much playmaking. He can actually just generally do the basic stuff he does very well every week. Yeah. Benji can look after a bit of the playmaking stuff, and he's just got Ponga roaming around doing whatever the shit he wants. It would work so much better. It really would. But if you've got either Ponga or Pierce doing more playmaking than they'd like to, then it's it's easier for opposition defences to shut down their attack. Yeah, exactly, and we saw that. We saw that so much. Like, or, or, and when Pierce goes missing, and and Ponga becomes the only source of their attack, and I think it shows how good he is that he, he you know, he can still make stuff happen. But it it kills the Knights because they really do only have that one point of attack. Chuck Benji in there, all of a sudden, you know, you got two points of attack, and that's, you know, when Pierce completely disappears, which is a lot. Yeah. But still. Um, now there is some big, some big signing news. Oh, really? Yeah. Um, the Sunshine Coast Falcons—they've been busy on the uh, the player market. 
Oh, they always sign big talent. They've signed three players, three former NRL superstars. Excellent. Who are they? Okay. First one's Kevin Locke. Excellent. Yep. His career went a bit funny, hey? It did, yeah. Um, Carmichael Hunt. Carmichael Hunt? He's playing yeah. rugby league again. Yep, he's back. Oh, no, yeah. sorry. He's he's with South, South Logan Magpies. I just okay. realized that, as is Locke. Um, but, yeah, Sunshine Coast Falcons, they've signed Jared Mullen. Yeah, I saw that. And Mullen, has, he's, he's 33 years old. For those who don't know, he did get a four-year ban for testing positive to the most obvious steroid there is. Yeah. He he, <laughs> he, he, he took the Ben Johnson one of those that, that you know. He basically took that shit that even Ben Johnson would have gone. What that shit's no. old? Yeah, that that's just a bit too obvious. You got to go something a bit more harder to track. Mm. He's like, oh, I'll be right. So he's thirty three, and he thinks that he's going to be able to get a gig back with the NRL. Yeah. Well, he couldn't um, stay fucking injury-free even when he was in his 20s. So I can't imagine he's going to do it in his 30s, unless he's used the last four years to um, train his body through supplementation to not be so injury-prone. Well, the other thing that, that's hung around him a little bit too is, um, since he, his four-year ban expires this week, and the playmaker expressed a desire late last year to make a comeback after avoiding a prison sentence for supplying cocaine in Newcastle. So that yeah, four you year ban that really sunk in coke. That's nothing. <laughs> you make it sound like he's had some issues that would make teams go away from him. One little four year ban and saying, he um, didn't even go to jail. Just saying usually people see playmakers yeah. as having good brains for the game. <laughs> <laughs> um he's he's displaying where his brains are at right there. Man. It's, so, so who signs him? Yeah, if you're an NRL club, who who takes? I can't think of anybody or any reason why I would take a shot with him. Like even teams that are desperate, yeah. I can't I can't see them saying, "Oh yeah, who, let's give Jared Mullen a go." Who wants a 34 year old, injury prone, um, alleged co- cocaine trafficking, anabolic steroid using um, halfback? <laughs> Fuck, he sounds like a knight still, doesn't he? He does. <laughs> oh, oh boy. What an off-season. Now, yeah. last story. This one's coming out today. Um, Payne Haas has been arrested for intimidating police. Mm. Uh, you know, like mother, like son. I, <laughs> I, I wonder... I want to see what happens when it goes to court. Because I think the Curtis Scott thing really taught us quite a bit. Mm, did. You know, and I, I like, I always think that you need, like, I wasn't there. I don't know what happened. So it's going to be interesting to see what the outcome is when it gets gets to court. But, you know, it's something the Broncos didn't need. I, I, I would suggest that he's their number one player now. And, you know, the Broncos have had so many off-field things that have happened like i i don't like being one of those people that say oh it's their culture it's their culture but at the very least like i I don't know it's just not good to have around the club no um now there's a few quotes here Uh, let's see 
About 10pm Saturday on the 16th of January, officers from Tweed Byron Police District arrested, essentially Haas, um, at Tweed Heads after the man allegedly became abusive towards police. He was taken to Tweed Heads Police Station and charged with offensive language language and intimidating police. Um, now, from the Broncos, the club has spoken at length with Payne, who is ashamed and extremely remorseful for his actions. Paul White said, it's disappointing and not acceptable. We do set the high standards for the behaviour of our players. They understand <laughs> that, and Payne knows this is well short of those standards. He knows he's done the wrong thing and is prepared to take ownership of his actions. So it looks like they've already admitted that he's done something wrong. Mm. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if it's a bit of an overreaction, but who knows? Yeah, we'll find out, I guess. I'm just thinking, like, I, I reckon if Payne Haas could stand next to me and it'd be intimidating... <laughs> Exactly. It's fucking giant. How could it not be? Um, so that's pretty much the rugby league news. Okay, well, let's get stuck in, finally, to some of the emails that we've been sent from our yep. wonderful listeners. We've said we've been going to do an email episode for quite some time, and now's the time. It's uh, We've waited long enough. So the first one is from Chris Cool Ice. That's a nice surname. Yeah, he sounds like a fucking Newcastle player too. Um, <laughs> he says, "Boys, love the podcast." I had a question. If you, I had a question. I'd be curious to have your answer to the pod on. Who's the best winger of the last decade? Best winger of the last decade. Um, hmm. Gotta be Josh Adokar, I reckon. Hey, he certainly ticks plenty of boxes. Yeah. Especially, I mean, for me, I, I like my winger to be absolutely fucking fast. Yeah. I mean, he's not beach sprinter fast, but, you know, he's pretty quick. No. No, imagine if you had a player that had done beach sprinting. Oh, Damn, that'd be good. That'd be insane. Um, yeah. I can't think of anyone that's better than Addo Carr over the last decade. Shall we see if we can find out who scored the most tries as a winger in the NRL? In the last decade. Do we have some sort of a website that is a resource for that sort of data? I think I know of one. Okay. That would be cool. The last decade, I reckon Josh Adokar. It's got to be him. I'd be shocked if it was someone else. Okay. Most tries on the wing in the last decade. Is it a most? There's only one player who has scored 100 tries. Okay, who is it? Daniel Tupo. Whoa, I would never have got him. 102 tries from 173 games. Next is Aquila Uati with 99 tries from 140 games. Mm-hmm. Manu Vatavai, 94 tries. Kyle Felt with 91. George Tafua, 87. Vunavalu, 86. Uh, Anthony Don, 85. Alex Johnson, 83. Corey Oates and uh, Semi Radraja, 82. Jason Nightingale, 81. Josh Mansell, 74. Adokar and Nofaluma with 73 tries. I'd, d- I'd definitely take Adokar over all those players, hey? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. <clears throat> Semi Radraja was pretty good, but I think, I think I'd take Adokar, yeah. Yeah, likewise. Uh, okay, so the next one is from Andy M., long-time listener, and he says... Why didn't you do a dozen podcasts between Christmas and New Year's? 
so I had something to listen to when driving back from Brisbane. Seriously, though, glad you guys took a bit of a break. Looking forward to the great new year of footy and podcasts when hopefully my Broncos can steal ninth place from the Tigers. Although for the Broncos, I'd just be happy for them if they got their defense in order and were competitive for 80 minutes in most games. Hey, let's let's start small with the Broncos. How's about they just be competitive for about one game? Yeah, one single game. Yes, baby steps, mate. The baby steps. Um, yeah, look, let I'll, I'll be honest. Okay, the reason why we didn't record a whole heap of episodes during the Christmas New Year's break is because of me. And, yeah, uh, disgraceful. I, yeah, I decided to go on a holiday. <laughs> Didn't go far, but I needed. I just wanted to get somewhere out of Melbourne. Um, I'm sure you can all sympathise. Yeah, like you've got to remember, Andrew was properly locked the fuck down in Melbourne with a bunch of people from Melbourne, and as soon as he could get the fuck out of there, he did. Yeah, I just had to go to rural New South Wales for a few days and yeah, get back to where normality existed. Yeah. Um. So yeah, that was yeah. Hands in the air. That's that's all mine. Um. Apologies for that. And the reason why there was no episodes in the last week was because I was working on that uh, Rugby League annual. So that's me again. That's two strikes. <laughs> terrible. Really, terrible. really terrible. Lacking in discipline. The, the where's, where's the fucking commitment? Yeah, I know. I fell off the wagon. <laughs> you fell off the wagon. That's fine. <laughs> um, yeah, so, the, I mean, the Bron- I feel like the Broncos could be probably fighting with the Tigers this year, but... I'd be shocked if it was as high as ninth place. I, you know, I'm I'm not confident the Tigers are going to have a great year, but I'm mm-hmm. confident they're going to have a better year than the Broncos. Yeah, I would say the same thing. I would say the same thing. Yeah. I like for the Broncos season to start like this. It's a it's just a not a good thing. The problem the Broncos have got is even the Bulldogs have made plenty of good signings during mm-hmm. the off season. The Broncos haven't really made any. Like yeah. They've made signings, but they haven't been huge ones that will bolster their team in an immense way. Um, and when you've got a coach who's uh, he's a bit flimsy, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm I'm a bit worried about the Broncos. I I'm not sure they're going to get out of this slump quickly. I think losing off and Gowie as well. Like he's not a superstar, but he's a solid player. I, I just feel as though that could be one of those. It, he, I, I think he's he would be the sort of player that would be good to have around a club. Although I think there's been, um, in the last few days on Instagram, mm. I think it's been revealed to a lot of West Tigers fans that he might be an anti-vaxxer. Oh, he's seen the truth. He's a, one of those Fruit Loops, so we'll see. <laughs> I did make a comment in that if that's the case, then Jacob Little needs to run around going, I'm going to immunise you. I'm going to immunise Just make him get post-contact meters to the roof. I saw that. That's pretty funny. Yeah, uh, yeah, man. I, why is it that everyone's that's an anti-vaxxer was vaccinated when they were a kid? Right. Don't let don't let facts get in the way of the story. Yeah. Sorry. I'm sorry. I, I don't take I don't take vaccinations anymore, and I didn't get the virus. I haven't taken vaccinations <laughs> since I was like four or five. Yeah, and I'm being fine. I haven't yeah. even caught like polio or anything. Same. So vaccinations don't do me, yeah. Bullshit. <laughs> it's like this mind control 5G towers. Don't even start me on that. Don't start. Mate, just wait until the 6G comes out. Ah, oh, 6G. 
They that's will melt your that's, mind. That's when they'll all start us, you know, in the factories. They'll turn on the 6G and we'll all just march over to the factories and start making whatever we're supposed to be making and doing. Cardboard boxes. That's all it is. Just cardboard boxes. <laughs> yeah, just, just closing cardboard boxes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. I hope I'm on the production line where they make, you know, those gigantic uh, plastic pillowy things full of air. Oh, yes. Yeah, for packing. I want to be on that line. Right, just pop them. Yeah, every so often. If I've got the mind control chip that allows me to. It's, what Do you ever get those things and you pop them and then you think, what air was in that? Well, that, that, that's more of a concern nowadays if I ever get something from, you know, someplace in Victoria, especially during the lockdown. You've got those little balls, you're going, yeah, I'm, you know, I'm not popping these. There might be someone with COVID has breathed into that. You know, I, I was getting I was getting shit sent from fucking Hong Kong, like during the the absolute peak of the pandemic. There, right. So we're starting to piece together a possibility as to how you managed to get sick for so long. So that's a good point. Yeah, right? I do you know. You should have you, you should have eaten those onions. Well, I I remember getting I got some electronics sent to me last year. And I, they were from, I can't remember if they were from China or Hong Kong, but I remember I opened them up and I just sat them there for about a week before I touched them. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. Um, yeah. I lost track of where we were up to there. Yeah, we, were <laughs> we, went, about, um, we went from the Broncos to China. That I don't happened pretty know quick. how we managed that. Oh, <laughs> yeah, it's an anti-vaxxer. Yeah. <laughs> oh, fuck. Uh, okay, let's go to the next one. Um, this one's from Liam, another long-time listener. He says, hi, guys, bit of a loaded question, but I heard a stat the other day that in the last 20 years, WA has produced three NRL players despite having no top-grade team in the state, and in the same time frame, Victoria has only produced two NRL players despite having a dominant team in the top grade. Firstly, is that a true stat or fake news? And secondly, do you think if the NRL stuck stuck with Perth back in the 90s, we would have a decent-sized talent pool from there today? And does this make Melbourne a failed expansion in terms of creating new fans who play the game? I know they have created a good fan base who watch and support them, but if they are still getting their ki- if they still aren't getting their kids playing it, does it make them a waste of time for the game? Also, do you think Storm fans will fall off if the club goes through a rough patch, or has their excellent first two decades made it enough hardcore fans to stick with them? Love watching the pods. Keep up, keep it up, guys. He he fucking watches us. <laughs> I'm worried about that more than anything. I have to put Jesus the blind Christ. down now. <laughs> Should I put pants back on? Yeah, I'll tell you what, I'm going to have to find some. Wow. <laughs> um, I think the reason why Melbourne has struggled to create any um, local talent has been more of a... It's been more of a result of that salary cap fine that they got. Mm. There's so much. They cop such a big fine, and it impacted their junior development, which was was going on in Victoria. Because the those players that did come from the Victorian junior leagues came through that system, 
And when that got canned, they their New South Wales Cup team they had, which was trying to get rugby league players from Victoria through, end up having to merge with Cronulla, and then their, their feeder clubs now in Brisbane. Yeah, so and, that, and that's kind of a, a, a result of that. So I wouldn't say that Melbourne's a failed experiment. I'd say that the the salary cap penalty that was handed down to the club hit them in the wrong way, mm-hmm. and that's what's caused that problem. Yeah, no, um, it, it was immediate massive. Yeah. Like, what they should have done is, is hit them on the salary cap. And, yeah. you know, what we saw with Parramatta and Manly where they take, they make their salary cap smaller for a number of years instead of making them pay this huge fine. That way their junior development wouldn't have been impacted. Yeah, and, like, I, I think if we had have had a team in Perth over that time, they would have produced a lot of NRL talent because, as you say, they they produce NRL talent now. Um and not having a team there, it does. It hurts the player pool overall. But, um, yeah, it, it's it's a, just a different situation to Melbourne, I think. And I think that, you know, going it forward, that's something that the Storm really need to get back to, is setting back those, those junior pathways for local juniors um, because that, that's really the next step for Melbourne. And the thing is, too, like... Melbourne being around for 20 years, like they've, they've been around for longer than the Illawarra Steelers were in the competition. Like it's not an insignificant amount of time. No. So like they're a fully established club. I, I think if they went through a rough patch, obviously their fan, their, their numbers that turn out to games is going to fall a little bit, but I think that they're going to be in a better position than a lot of NRL clubs where, or other NRL clubs where you see them, especially in Sydney, you have a, a bad season, and all of a sudden you can start getting 5,000 to games. Are you there, Andrew? Hello. If you're there, I can't hear you. Hello? Yeah, I'm here. Can you hear me? Uh, yeah, it dropped out on me. Okay. <laughs> uh, let's let's still, just... The time is still going. I don't know what happened. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I, I was talking and then I, I was like, are you there? And there was nothing. I couldn't hear yeah, like I thought, do I restart it? Because the the timer was still going. And I, went, I don't know. And then well, sitting there saying hello for 45 seconds or something. <laughs> we should so just I, leave all of this in, hey? Well, I guess we could. <laughs> <laughs> See, we, we pissed off the internet gods when we started shitting on 5G. Yeah. They're coming after us now. <laughs> yeah. It's maybe, the fucking Illuminati. They don't like it when you fuck with the grand plan. Maybe old mate who said he was watching our podcast is part of the 5G scheme. Possibly. In fact, I definitely think it is. Liam, he's part of the problem. Yeah. <laughs> we have to start screening Liam's emails. <laughs> Stop following us, man. Do, what do you reckon about, like, because it's one of the things about Perth doesn't get brought up very often is the fact that they will produce talent for the NRL. Well, yeah, look, they've, they have produced more talent than Melbourne has. There's no, no doubting that. Mm. Um, just trying to do a quick look now. I think 
there's four or five, might be four players mm-hmm. currently in the NRL who have come from WA. So Shane Wright from the Cowboys. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dan Sargentson, he's not in the NRL, but he's over in Super League playing for Salford. He's yep. from Perth. Uh, Kalen Ponga uh, from Port Hedland and Royce Hunt at the uh, Sharks. He's from Kalgoorlie. Mm-hmm. Melbourne... I mean, do you do you include um, Gareth Widdop, given that he played most of his junior footy there? I, I think it's fair too. I think it's fair too. Um, Mahe Fanua, I think, is Victorian. I feel like he is. Yeah. Um, geez, who else was there? I, oh, J- Jermaine was Jermaine Tanua Brown. Yeah, he's from Melbourne. Okay. Uh, he he made his debut for the Warriors last year. So, so, I, so I think uh, there's only yeah, I think there's only two players at the moment who are from Victoria. So yeah, the stat does does work out as being correct. I think. But can you imagine being a Victorian elite Victorian junior it, breaking into the Melbourne Storm first grade team? Like that's a pretty big ask. Yeah. Yeah, it's. It's hard work too. I remember at the time, must have been about 2010-ish, 2011, somewhere around there. Yeah. Might have been 2010. There was an article which came out saying that there was this group of about 10 players that were all Victorians playing in the lower grades for the Storm mm-hmm. and how they are all going to come through at the same time. Mm-hmm. And pretty much all of them just broke up and went elsewhere and they, they were probably lost to the game. Yeah, and, you know, the thing is too, like that happens all the time at other clubs. Like I think of a team like Penrith, th- there would be so many people that are walking around Penrith right now that were, you know, they could have, you know, if things that had gone their way, they might have. And the only reason that Penrith does produce great juniors is because it's just the, a numbers game, you know. And, yeah. and and so it's it's difficult when you've got a small player base to begin with and then that you've got to get somebody that comes out of that that's elite, which doesn't happen often anyway, and then that player has to break through into the you know, the best club in rugby league. Yeah. It's tough. It is it is pretty rough. Um just have a look on here. There's only been fourteen players that I know of in the history of rugby league that have come from Victoria. Sam Thiday's one. No, he's from Sydney. He was, wasn't he born in, was, I thought he was born uh, in Melbourne. No, he's born in Sydney. Okay. Only two of them have played test matches for Australia. Okay. Here you go. These are trivia questions. Who are the two Victorian born Australian rugby league test players? I feel like I used to know this. One you should know because you've, you would, you would have watched his entire career. Yeah. Damn. Played for remember, played State of Origin for New South Wales as well. I remember I I remember I did an article where I looked through all the players that weren't from New South Wales and Queensland that and and that there were a, a few that played for Melbourne or were born in Melbourne but it's gone. My brain ain't oh. my brain out there. <laughs> Tamana Tahu. That's it. Damn it. The other one very interesting story. You know, we could probably do a history one on him. Um, was Keith Holman. Oh, really? Yeah. 
Um, he was actually born out near Ballarat mm-hmm. and was, uh, I believe, an orphan child. Yeah. And he got taken to Sydney as a very, very young child. And he grew up in orphanages and stuff like that and played footy in, in around Sydney. Mm-hmm. And uh, became a test player for Australia after playing with West in the, the 40s and 50s. Far out. Our most capped um, test halfback up until, God, I don't even know if we've had a halfback play more tests than him. He played 35 tests. Oh, yeah. I can't imagine there's been, well, Thurston might have got closed. Yeah, Thur- Thurston's probably got him, yeah. Uh, yeah, pretty pretty impressive career. Yeah, pretty that's rough, crazy. Pretty rough, com- uh, you know, beginnings. I'm sure Sam, so Sam Thiday's born in Sydney. He must yeah. have moved to Melbourne and played his first junior footy there or something. Because I remember, I remember he was one that I was like, he's from Melbourne. Um, no idea. Yeah. Anyway. All I know is he was, he was definitely born in Sydney. Fucking Queenslanders. Um, okay. He, he's, so. he's as Queensland as that bloke you said, Queenslander. Billy Moore. <laughs> Billy Moore's from Tenterfield, New South Wales. Yeah. It's so funny. <laughs> yeah. They're so proud of their state. Yeah. The people, the Queenslanders they're most proud of aren't even from there. Yeah. <laughs> it's okay. So we've got one here. From, yep. I, I think we answered Liam's one pretty well. Yeah, we've got him covered. Yeah, I th- we've got one here from Vincent Dill. And he says, do you know... Oh, no, sorry. That is a spam one. <laughs> oh, no, no, read it. I want to hear it. What's the okay. spam one say? These, these, are th- these fucking ones piss me off. I've got a lot of these lately. Do you know that website contract pages... Page messages like this one can actually be a highly effective way to get more web traffic, sales, video views, etc. for your online or offline business. Hang on, is he saying that you're not good at what you're doing? Basically, yeah. It's like a it's like a backhanded compliment. You should like, reply and say, I'm affronted by your slur. <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, I get so many of these friggin' things. It's ridiculous. Uh, the awesome thing is you can do this for less than a cup of coffee a day. I remember getting one of those for um, Rugby League Project once. Yeah. I said, you know, you can put advertising on your website. And, you know, we, we offer you good deals. How much would you be willing to earn from our advertising? And I said, $45,000 a year, US. <laughs> yeah. I said, I, like, don't be silly about it. Let's be honest. Went, no, no, that's the going rate. If you can give me forty five grand a year, then I can work on the website full time. So that's the going rate. Yeah. I said, I don't think you're taking it seriously. I said, no, 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 no. You're not taking me seriously. I just told you what I want. Don't come that, with me with an offer if you don't want to fucking negotiate. That's my starting point. That reminds me of, uh, I, I once, I, I think I got an email about, like, about apps making apps for a website. <laughs> this is back when websites made apps. I don't think you need to make them these days, but anyway. And, uh, Started talking to these people that made apps, and they were based in Australia. And I was like, "Oh yeah, this all sounds good." And I told them like what I'd be looking at, and I said, "How much will that cost?" And they're like, "Fifteen thousand dollars." Delete. What the fuck? Why the fuck would an app cost fifteen thousand dollars? And like, 
<laughs> so that's why you all read my website on the fucking mobile version. You can get stuff. I ain't paying fifteen grand for an app. Exactly. Fucking fifteen thousand dollars. It's a fucking racket, man. Ridiculous. We need to start making apps. Yeah, I reckon. I actually looked into it, and it was you can make them yourself, but I it, like it just wasn't enough of a, a point of difference from what you get looking at the website on a mobile phone. No. It serves no purpose whatsoever. Yeah. The other thing is, too, who's who the fuck is looking at, like, I don't know what websites you sickos look at on your phone, but when you're finished, like, you don't go to your app to look at something else. You just keep looking at stuff in your browser. Exactly. Ridiculous. Anyway, so we've got one here from Mofo Storm Fan. We all know Mofo Storm Fan. And he said, I just listened to your podcast where you're talking about the NRL and the potential. I think we might have read this to buy Super League. I don't know. Go on anyway. I have a couple of ideas myself, my own. Super League can stay as it is, let it die. The Rugby Football League should become the RLFC and create a new competition called the. Yeah, N- we, did re- we did read this one. Okay. Yeah. So we've done them. Now we've we caught up. We did. We have. Now we've got some. I think we've got some on Twitter that we could answer too. Yeah, let's do it. Go to Twitter and go find them. Um, go into your Twitter machine. My, yeah, it's. Uh, I'm just revving it up now. Um, Give it a bit on. more choke. Give it a bit more choke. <laughs> choke it harder. <laughs> we're gonna sound like we're gonna sound like more older men. <laughs> <laughs> Are you worried about that moment where, like, the, some new technology comes out and you, you're overwhelmed by it? Because I haven't hit that mark yet, but I know that eventually it will happen. I, I feel like that every time I have to talk to um, Sean about um, doing techie stuff on the website. Oh, really? I feel like I'm talking to him in some foreign form of algebra. Okay. And it's like... I feel like he's talking to me like I'm some sort of three-year-old simpleton who doesn't understand basic English. <laughs> like, I don't know anymore. I'm stupid. It's when somebody starts explaining stuff and they're like, well, it's like a book. You know a book, right? <laughs> it's like, oh, shit. I'm that person now, am I? Yeah, that, that's me. So Simpsons-related NRL asked us, how can the ninth concept be better utilised by the NRL to promote the game? For example, does a tournament including rep teams from regional areas or other or other states such as WA, South Australia, Victoria? First of all, yes. I think that if we're going to use nines, it has to be promotional, which mm-hmm. means it can't just be restricted purely to NRL teams because who gives a shit? Yeah, it I don't care to, about it. No, we need to start getting teams. I, you know, the perfect world, I would have a massive week of nines football. Yeah. And just have a ton of groups. You don't have to have teams playing you know, each other millions of times. Yeah. A ton of different groups and just whittle them all down nice and quickly. Yeah. And I'd have you gotta have them playing against different teams that are all over the place. So I'd like to have every every country group have a rep team. So you know you've got a group nine team, a group two team, so on and so forth. Mm-hmm. And they put out their best team and they might play against the West Tigers in one game and, you know, somewhere else like that. But you've got to have that intermeshing going on. Yeah. Where they play against players they've never played against before. And it's all got to be televised. So you're giving this big promotion to everybody. Um, that'd be absolutely fantastic. And throw in a few um, 
Pacific Island nations. Hell, even throw in a few European nations. Like, yeah. Imagine getting Ukraine playing against Russia. That'd, that'd have some spice in it. You want to talk about a war? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> James Hooper. Get those two playing a game against one another. There's a bit of a rivalry there. Yeah, get Germany playing against France. Ring up some, some rivalry there. Yeah, Carson. That's where you have some war. Yeah. Um, not, not fucking blowing a kiss to a fan, fuck's sake. <laughs> Jesus I, Christ. It'll be interesting. I, I think that, like, I have zero interest in the NRL 9s. The last time it was on, I didn't even watch it. I just didn't care. Um, whereas I went to both days of the Rugby League World Cup of 9s, and it was fantastic. Mm. Uh, and you did get that, that little bit of you know, seeing teams and players and combinations that you never would normally see. Um, the only thing that was a problem with it is that they left too big a gaps between games. I think uh, in a nines competition, you need there to be a game, a game, a game, yeah, a game. Just keep banging them out, banging them out, banging them out. That's that's what you got to do. Yeah. Um, I Like, I, I think if you had a week-long tournament, I think it would turn into a TV product, which I'm fine with. Um, and... You would, I think, because I think you would look to have like, you know, say three hours worth of footy every night um, for a week, and, and then you've got the final at the end of that. Yeah. But um, yeah, I, I like that idea. Just as many different weird teams have, whoever, bring you know in they, the you know United have... States Rugby League team, whatever, anyone. They need to have a Tamworth team. Who would you pick in the Tamworth team? Um, can I can I call well, them by their nicknames? <laughs> What's that? Spoonsy, <laughs> old track Marky. I was going to say that that's um that would be Jared Mullen step into the, back into the NRL. <laughs> oh, shit, <laughs> that's what they call it. That's what he calls a market. Um, <laughs> ah, shit, yeah. Tamworth. Imagine how Tamworth would go in the nines. I feel like it'd be like, then you'd hear like two weeks later that everyone in the team defected. They didn't go back like it was Cuba. Ooh. Wouldn't that go good? Yeah. If once you've left Tamworth, you never go back. Who's ever gone back to Tamworth? (laughs) Well... We, we might move on. Yeah. No. <laughs> That's a good question, though. Yeah, it is. It is. Um, so ne- the next question, or the next, it's more of a statement. It's from Henry Lammer. And he says, idea, French elite one expanding into Euro countries, create a strong semi-professional European league, working off a strong, strong base from elite one, look to add one team, at a time for connected countries, and he's got Spain, Italy, and Greece flags on this one. So that's a pretty good idea. I like that one too. Yeah. I, I, I that. Yeah, I think that uh, you and me have talked about what we would do and, and sort of focus on French Rugby League and make that a base. I think that's a great idea. Oh, absolutely. It's. I think... Catalan Dragons have shown that rugby league can definitely work in France mm-hmm. um, because they've been able to to have their game there and not have it um, go into the financial ruin that a lot of English clubs are finding. 
Yeah, yeah. They've been able to make it viable. They've been competitive and getting more and more competitive. Yeah. So I think the French know what they're doing. Um, here's a question here from Lembretta, another long-time listener. He says, will you be doing ins and outs? I think he means, uh, let me just make like, sure. This... Like player movement? Uh, oh, he's talking about because we said we were doing the first podcast of the year, so he asked if we'd be doing the ins and outs. He said that, or will it involve lots of chats about Telegraph journalists tonguing PVL's date? <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty straight to the point. We've we've done well on that front, I must say. We haven't gone down that avenue too often. Yeah, we've, we're trying to avoid journalists. Yeah, although I did, I did kind of ruin that a bit. Tonight, but, no, you know, we needed to blow up some steam. Some things can't be helped. Here's another one from Henry. He says, I hear a lot from the UK Rugby League that this World Cup will be a boost for Rugby League slash Super League. I'm trying to work out how. Nothing has been put in place where, say, a target expansion area can work off the success slash heightened interest. Interest in your thoughts? No, it, it would be. Think of it this way. If you had the... FIFA World Cup in Australia, mm-hmm. you would definitely find there'd be an interest in soccer in Australia, even though Soccer Australia is doing jack shit. People would go, oh, wow, we've got all these superstars here. Let's watch soccer. You see it every time Australia plays in the Soccer World Cup, all of a sudden every every fucking man his dog's down at the park playing soccer for two weeks. That's what Australians yeah. do. We do it when the Australian Open tennis is on. We'll go but, and play tennis for three, two or three weeks. But here's the thing, right? What has that done for Australian soccer? Who cares? <laughs> it wasn't about a long-term thing. It's about, yeah, it will create a, a boost in an interest because all the eyes will be on the game for that period of time. See, I, I, I completely disagree. I think having the Rugby League World Cup in England is just a fucking waste of time. No, no, I, I completely agree on that. I'm just sort of expanding on, you know, how they see that it would have some sort of impact. Mm. And the way they see it is we're going to have all the eyes on the game for that mm. period that the World Cup's on. The, the RFL and the Super League have no commercial nous whatsoever when it comes to making money and, becoming, and making money and being commercially viable. Yeah. They don't know how to do that. No. They haven't known how to do that for a long time. Yeah. Um, but, you know, having a World Cup there, it does put all of the best players in the world in one place at the same time. Yeah. So all your eyes are going to be there. You're going to be seeing the best of the best. It's on there at the moment. If they were smart, they'd be able to make it work for them. But how many World Cups have England had and how many times they capitalised on it? Um, the answer to the second part of that question is none. Yeah, in fact... And that's all you... that matters. It doesn't matter how many World Cups you put there, they'll never capitalise on it. Yeah, like if you, if you look at the World Cups they've had and you track the health of the game in England alongside it, you would never have a World Cup there again because it's just getting worse. Yeah. So at least when it's in Australia, like you get a lot of different communities involved. Um, And I don't think you really, you get that as much over in England. Um, No. I I think that, you know, the next World Cups, New Zealand, France, they shouldn't be in. I think the problem too is that the, the English fan are conditioned to supporting their town. Yeah. Not so much a city or a country, but just yeah. their town. Yeah. And it's more of a um, small-minded view on it because 
for so long that that form worked when you didn't have to worry about what was going on in the other half of England. You had a big population in the north of England and they were all happy to go and watch rugby league play. So support in your town was financially viable for, you know, 90 odd years. Yeah. But once the game started moving to the more modern age, you got things on TV all the time. Um, you know, everything goes global now. Mm-hmm. That small minded, you know, that small town mindset becomes a burden. And that's what we've been finding in, in England an awful lot is that they're still thinking like, you know, we've got to support our little team in our little town. Yeah. And the RFL and the Super League still thinks like that. And it's a it's their safeguard. It's what they fall back on because it's always worked for them in the past. Mm. Doesn't mean it's always going to work in the future. That's yeah. my view on it anyway. Yeah, they're the I mean, they're the people that sell fucking mangoes on the side of the road saying, why would I have a whole shopping centre when I can just keep selling mangoes on the side of the road? Yeah. Yeah, and it's a quirky little novel thing that people go, oh, that's pretty cool. Let's go in there and support this local guy. But, you know, of the 500,000 cars that'll drive past them, about 50 would turn off and grow up a mango. The rest will go to Woolies or Coles and buy it there. Exactly. (laughs) You know what? I bet people in England are like, what do you mean selling mangoes on the side of the road? What's a mango? Yeah, (laughs) it's a fucking mango. Huh? Sorry. Well, let's put it into terminology. You understand? Mushy peas. Yeah, or like you know the person that sells turnips on the side of the road. <laughs> you get a nice turnip and they salt it for you. Nice crunchy turnip. Yeah, they're like them, but we have them for mangoes. Jars of boiled lollies. <laughs> gravy. You turn up to the guy. You get a cup of gravy on the side of the road. Cup of gravy and your cup of tea. Yep. One in each hand, off you go. <laughs> That's pretty much it. You scull the gravy, because of course, and you, you sip the tea. Tell you what, though, and this is a strategy I often, I often always use with food. Do you always leave the best tasting food till last? Uh, sometimes. Yeah, see, that's what I do. If, I, if I've got a cup of tea and a cup of gravy, I'm drinking that tea first. Oh, really? And getting that sweet, sweet gravy at the end. It depends. Uh, I don't know. I think I would. Uh, no, nah, I'd, I'd drink the gravy first, and then and then the tea would be the finisher for me. A tea chaser. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fair enough. It depends. Like, uh, I see your point of view. I think it's different for different foods for me. Okay. So I, I like to keep it as a um, something to work towards. Okay. Yeah. 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 No, so it's every so often I'll, I'll just be like, oh, let, yeah, let me eat that first. Fair enough, too. <laughs> um, <laughs> I know what you're doing there. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. And that's all of the good, that's all the questions we've got. Well, that was, that's been brilliant. Yeah, yeah, it's been a really good episode, hey? Well, we've covered all the news. We've covered all the questions. We got your annual promoted. Got annual promoted. We even had moments where you were talking to yourself because I just disappeared for some reason. Yeah, I wonder. I don't know what happened then. It didn't look like it broke down at my end. Maybe Skype just blinked out or something. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, my internet so connected the whole time, but it just everything just went quiet. Yeah. <laughs> Imagine if it hasn't recorded the last like half hour. It's Would all just been. silence. <laughs> 
We still upload it. Yeah, yeah. It, people, fucking... people still listen going, hmm. Maybe there's something at the end. I We've think it's still... like an Easter egg. We've still got to do an episode where we pretend that we walk in and just sit down like they do on that Matty Johns show one. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Where we're just like, oh, yeah, yeah, none of this is, like, fucking set up. We just sit down and start talking. Yeah. That's a great idea. Yeah. Completely unplanned, yet scripted. Yes, scripted, unplanned. Yeah, that's that's the type. That's yep. what we're going to get into. Yeah. Um, oh, I can't think of anything else to talk about. No, I think that's it for the for the podcast. We should do a history episode next. What did you want to do a history episode on? Um, uh, what would be a good history episode? You know what we should do? Maybe we should... Uh, it's better to do them on the weekend. What if on the weekend we do 1997? Ooh. That's a big one. I know, exactly. Let's, That's what she said. Mm-hmm. Let's work towards that. Okay. We'll work towards that. Yeah. Um... Yeah, I had a little historic little fact for that I shared on Twitter the other day. Not many people saw it though, because you know I did it when I was doing some research. It was about two in the morning. Yeah. Um, but um, uh, Riverina rugby league legend and Test player Eric Weisel played in the twenties and thirties, mm-hmm. most of the twenties. Uh, in nineteen twenty six, he was actually uh, playing a lot of cricket at the time. Yeah. And he played against this young bloke and got him out for 43 court and bowled. And that bloke's name was Donald Brabham. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's, That's a good cool scout. Oh, there you go. My little one's coming to bed. <laughs> nice. That's, uh, she's timed that well. <laughs> well, anybody that has enjoyed the podcast, what we would implore you to do, go to manscaped.com, right? Just browse the products. I'm not telling you what to get this time. You look at it yourself and you see what you need. And you'll see something that you need. And when you put it in your basket, make sure you use the code NRL because that's our exclusive code. That's the code we negotiated and we put it forward. And now when you use that code, you get 20% off and free shipping. And you get a 30-day money-back guarantee. And when you put all of that together, I don't know why you're even still listening. Like, you should just be on their website right now doing this. So go to manscaped.com, put in NRL. They're our great sponsors. We absolutely love them. And their products are bloody amazing. Can I just say, too, didn't we have one of our ardent listeners um, tell us all that they, they've bought some uh, some product? We did. Who was it? It was about a week ago. Uh, was that, oh, it was Vic Ball. That's right. Oh, yeah. I'm Victor Ball. He said, NRL discount used on a 3.0. Yeah, and, like, I know other people that listen to us that have bought them. Oh, and yeah. they've said that they're really good. So, um, and we've got them too. You and me have got them. And, like, it's working great, bruh. <laughs> hey, I found a few more questions too we can just quickly throw in there. Oh, really? Yeah, MT1 said, should Naden take the wing spot vocated by Mansour? He certainly knows how to find a white line. <laughs> <laughs> I remember that actually. Um, and what's this one here? Chris Norbury. Mm-hmm. What's he replied to? Um, 
Oh, that's right. Lambretta was sitting there and absolutely roasting the RFL or Super mm-hmm. League. Mm-hmm. And he said, he agrees with us that the championship offers a more attractive proposition to the NRL. Teams in London, Toulouse, New- Newcastle, York, Heartland, etc. You could add Toronto, Ottawa, New York in time and make it a genuinely exciting comp. And Chris Norbury replied with, not so far-fetched, Leeds, Saints and Catalans have no confidence in Super League executive. The breaking could be a reality if there was an alternative TV deal possibly or NRL equity potential. Mm. Yeah, I don't think it would take too much. Nah, that's the thing. And as we said before, if, if the NRL decided to invest in the RFL, it would cost them less money and they'd have yeah. a better product to work with. Yeah, yeah. And they actually have something that will, like isn't going to disappear, which yeah. worries me about Super League. Yeah. Going to be a, it's going to be a rough year for Super League, I think. It really is, and, and because of that, we've got a special guest that's going to come on this week to have a chat. We're mm. going to reveal who it is because uh, mystery, bruh. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> but a, a brilliant mystery, nonetheless. Yeah. Better See, than Poirot. Who it is? <laughs> Better than Poirot. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I've I've really enjoyed this episode. It's been fun. We've given you everything we could possibly think of. Pretty much, yeah. We've we've gone all over the place. It's been great, <laughs> and it, it's still the off season. Yeah, yeah, it's been magnificent. So we'll try and make sure we've got more regular um, episodes. I'm not going yeah. any more holidays. I've got no more books to write. I've got no excuses. Andrew has nothing to do between, like, as soon as we end this recording and sometime in, like, 2022. Yeah, pretty much it. I'll just be standing around doing nothing. Yeah, just twiddling your thumbs and stuff. Yeah, that's it. Pretending you're doing all your walking and posting fake stats. Oh, I've been walking 30,000 steps. Bullshit. 30,000. That was was a quiet day. (laughs) Check out the guns on my legs. Oh. Guns. There's got to be a different word for guns for your legs. We're called leg cannons. Leg cannons. Yeah, I'd go with leg cannons. <laughs> I've got... This is the funny thing about me, okay? You start from my feet and work up, I just get older and older. I've <laughs> <laughs> got, like, legs of a, of a 20-year-old professional athlete, and then I just get older and older as you go up. That means your toes must be friggin' sensational. Oh, mate, they're, they're gorgeous. <laughs> <laughs> and you can see my head on on, uh, on my Twitter account there. You can see that that's about 60. <laughs> that's, oh, it, it's a horrible process. <laughs> hey, you know, I watched the movie Grizzly Man the other night. Mm-hmm. Have you ever heard of it? No. It's a, it's a documentary about a guy that decided to live with grizzly bears and eventually one ate him. <laughs> was he American? It was really good. It was really, really good. Was he American? Uh, uh yeah. How did you work on it? <laughs> he actually was this American guy, right? This is so weird. This American guy who started telling people that he come from a town in Australia, and th- like they knew it was bullshit, but they kind of went along with it. And yeah, he would go and he would live with the bears and give them all names. And, it, like, he thought they were his friends and stuff. And th- then one of them ate him and the chick that was with him at the time. Um, I don't know if it was his girlfriend, 
officially, <laughs> but didn't matter. She got eaten as well. Yeah, she was his entree in the end. Yeah. And they had, when the bear started attacking, she turned on the video, but the lens cap was on and she'd left it because she went and started hitting this bear with a fry pan that was eating this guy alive. That'll work. Yeah. And so they, the, the guy that did the documentary, he he starts listening to this video and he like, because it's just the audio and the lady that had the video, I'd never listened to the audio and he's looking at her and he goes, never listen to this video. (laughs) You need to destroy it. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's the dumbest shit I've put on the screen. Yeah. Yeah. It was oh. it was good. It was went for a long time, but it kept my interest. So it was it was well worth watching. That's that's crazy. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. They ended up. It was interesting when they talked about because they talked to the coroner that did the uh, looked at the bodies afterwards, and he talked about how he received two bags. Full <laughs> <laughs> on bears don't give a shit. No, that was that was just the bits they could find. Yeah, yeah, they really were. They, and I think most of it, they actually had cut the bear open and got them out of its stomach. And then there were parts where the bear had buried some of them, and <clears throat> like they found the guy. They they because they at one point in the video, the movie, sorry, they uh they gave his wristwatch to his ex, who ended up with the videotape, and. Like, they'd found the wristwatch because it was still attached to the part of his arm. <laughs> like, they'd found part of his arm and forearm and his watch was still on there. See, that's the bit that pleases me. <laughs> yeah, there's, there's so... Like, bears don't care. They really don't care. Hey, but they know style. Yeah, they do. They don't want to lose a watch. There's no doubt about bears and style. They know what they know. Yeah. What an, what an unbelievable story. Yep, it's a good one. So if you think if you want something to watch, it's actually on YouTube. You look up uh, Grizzly Man, and there's one where it's YouTube has it up there for free with ads, and they you got to sign in to watch it. But then there's another one which is really high quality. It's good. It's good. Good video. So yeah, go watch it. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. There's a plug for you people. If you get worried about you know missing out on content from us, Grizzly Man, your man. Exactly. Although you can only watch it once because, you know, he doesn't make a sequel. No, no, there is no sequel. There's no Grizzly Man 2. Grizzlier. <laughs> Grizzle. <laughs> I was just thinking like a Die Hard thing. Grizzly Man 2, Die Harder. Die Harder. Man, <laughs> apparently in this video you hear him, you hear both of them dying as the bear because bears eat you. They don't wait for you to die. They're not like a lion where it kills you in their nature. Bears just start eating you. Yeah, well, you, you know, everyone knows fresh meat is much better than old meat. Yeah. That's, yeah, we'll move on. Yep. Thanks for tuning in, everyone. Catch us all later. <laughs>